Coming up on the WAC Podcast, it's our final show of 2022. Demetrius House is back in studio as Kendra Sheehan is uh, on the injured list this week. We had uh, some big games in basketball, announced our football schedule for the upcoming season, and there's some uh, news and notes you might want to take note of. And we'll have our Senior Director of Compliance, Matt Boyd, makes his debut on the WAC Podcast. Welcome to the WAC Podcast. Today's episode is presented by Hercules Tires. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Danner and Kendra Sheehan. Happy holidays, everybody. Eric Danner along with Demetrius House. Uh, Demetrius, uh, you're functioning on about uh, 30 minutes of sleep, I believe. Yeah, it was a long weekend for me, E.D. Um, Traveled to Atlanta. Got a chance to go to the Celebration Bowl, which is the SWAC versus the MEAC. Deion Sanders and the Tigers couldn't get it done, but... Kind of a yeah, devastating loss. I saw the uh, the tight end dropping the pass. Yeah, it went down to the very final play of the game. I mean, Travis Hunter scoring that touchdown in the end of regulation, sending the game into overtime. It was a pretty great game. Like, it was a great atmosphere, yeah. pretty packed stadium. And that was played at the, the Mercedes-Benz? Yes, uh, in Atlanta. And what was that, 70,000, 80,000 people in there? Yeah, but, I mean, they left the top area closed yeah, off yeah, but yeah. you know they we we pretty much filled up the entire bottom bowl between <laughs> and then, was this State your fans. was this your first celebration bowl or this is to... my third celebration bowl okay. my first one was in 2019 before i began my career here well my career in sports information but yeah this is my third one and so people understand fcs playoffs something different where the, the SWAC champion goes to the Celebration Bowl. Can you kind of explain what that is? So instead of the SWAC teams participating in the FCS playoffs that make that actually wins the championship, they actually go play in the Celebration Bowl against, you would say, the sister conference, the MEAC. Mm-hmm. So they pretty much come together at the end of the season and have their own version of a bowl game. That way each conference makes a bowl appearance. Yeah, it's interesting, too. And as you mentioned, they get a lot of support for it, but uh, then they don't have that opportunity to play for a national championship. FCS national championship game that's played in Frisco will be South Dakota State against North Dakota State. That's on January 8th. So they've already uh, made it through the bracket, but then they they don't want to play, I guess, you know, over the holiday uh, break there. So they come back January 8th for the national championship. And speaking of football, House, we got uh, a big announcement with the WAC football schedule coming out. It's the WAC and ASUN both announcing it together, which, which lets you know that uh, it, it's become even more of a partnership between the two conferences that the schedule for year three of, of WAC football being back in the FCS will be uh, uh, basically conference play with the ASUN. Yeah, just like you said, this is the third consecutive year for the two conferences, and both uh, both conferences come together to bring their teams so that they may have a, a larger pool for a champion at the end of the season. And I think it's pretty good for both conferences to get publicity on both sides for the A-Sun and the WAC, and I think it's a great, it's a great opportunity for both conferences. So in, in total, there'll be nine teams because, of course, Sam Houston – leaving the WAC after this year. So in terms of WAC schools in this partnership, you have 
Abilene Christian, you have Southern Utah, Stephen F. Austin, Tarleton, and Utah Tech from the Atlantic Sun. You have Austin P. Eastern Kentucky, North Alabama, and Central Arkansas. So nine teams total. And we're looking at the schedule, Demetrius, and one of the things that might jump out to WAC fans anyway is teams won't necessarily play each other each year. Uh, looking like Utah Tech will not be playing Tarleton this year, but they will be playing a couple of schools from the A-Sun. Yeah, with this schedule, it opens it up and gives the teams a chance to play schools outside of the conference, larger schools, smaller schools, to build their resume going into the postseason play. And I know this has been a big uh, topic of conversation with uh, football and and the fact that you know this, this really shores up uh, some numbers here. You have nine teams. Of course, uh, looking for that AQ, uh, which, you know, hopefully will still happen. I think there's, you know, some approval that needs to be given for that. But with uh, with nine schools, you figure an AQ comes out of that. And that's always, you know, the carrot at the end of the year. You want to have that automatic qualifier. I was looking last year, Demetrius, from the WAC, when we had six schools, we had two teams qualify for the uh, FCS playoffs in Sam Houston, Stephen F. Austin. This year, didn't have that, but uh, there's always that ability to have multiple uh, entries into the FCS playoffs. Correct. It's always good to have representation in the postseason from your conference. That way, everybody receives the same type of notoriety. And then uh, we're always looking for multiple bids, pretty much every sport, men's basketball. Uh, of course, we have the resume seating system we'll get into in just a second here. But heading into uh, – What's kind of a break, actually, conference play is going to start December 28th. We got one game, and then December 29th, uh, when Demetrius is uh, going to be uh, doing the uh, monitoring, we're going to have the first full day of conference play in the WAC, uh, both men's and women's. I believe we have 11 games that will be played that day, so that's kind of the date you want to circle on your calendar if you're a basketball fan. But before we get into that, there are some big non-conference games still left to be played and are being played. UT Arlington went to San Francisco. This was a team that made the NCAA tournament last year. And their coach last year, if you remember, got the Florida job based on that. UTA goes in there and, you know, not that uh, we, we recommend the, uh, the betting sites or anything like that, but somebody had told me that uh, UTA was a double-digit underdog. They go in there and they win at San Francisco big win for them and this was a team heading into that game Demetrius that was number 13 in our resume seating system in the WAC yeah uh, UTA had a good showing from Kyron Gibson he scored 12 points with four rebounds and three steals and then you got nine points and nine rebounds from Shamar Wilson that played down the stretch from those different athletes helped push UTA past San Fran San Fran uh, in playing in their building, too. That's that's another big feather in their cap. Grand Canyon, I had a chance to watch a pretty good chunk of this game over the weekend, Demetrius. They were hosting Pepperdine, and the Waves were up 12 into the second half, and even deep into the second half, they had a double-digit lead. Grand Canyon comes storming back. They, they force overtime. Gabe McLaughlin, a guy we've seen uh, over the years, really developed. He's, he's, he's one of those glue kind of guys, but... You see these flashes of when he can put the ball in the hoop, and he likes to do it uh, via the dunk a lot of times. But 20 points, career high for him, double digits and rebounds as well. And and they're also they they seem to be coming together as a team to win that game at home in overtime. They pulled away in overtime, winning by 10. Yeah, just like you bring up Gabe, you had Ray Harrison, he had 17, and then Yvonne, he had 13, and 
Both were shooting well from the field. You have a great free throw percentage percentage from the team, which also helps produce victories. You also want to, you always want to be good from the free throw line. So Harrison transferring from Presbyterian, he was actually named to the preseason All WAC second team. They seem to be developing really good chemistry. So Grand Canyon, a team to look out for there. As we take a look at the WAC resume seating system on the men's side, Sam Houston continues to be in the lead there. Of course, with those wins at Oklahoma, at Utah, that's going to be uh, pretty tough to beat there, 9-2 and two with the uh, records that count. Seattle U, number two. And, of course, this is uh, before last night. Grand Canyon at number three. Utah Valley at number four. There's a team that uh, it, it could uh, – Raise some eyebrows, especially as we get into conference play. New Mexico State did lose at St. Mary's last week, but they they check in at number five. UT Arlington, as we mentioned, they're number thirteen, dead last before that game against San Francisco last night. Yeah, I'm sure, pretty sure the game against San Francisco and the way that they came back and won it, it should help them in their seeding system. May move them move them up a few spots that way they can look forward to hopefully making a postseason play. The uh, WAC Men's Basketball Players of the Week brought to you by Ticket Smarter. Our uh, Men's Player of the Week, Justin Johnson. Uh, another stellar week for him to pick up that Player of the Week, averaging 30 points, 9.5 rebounds. He is uh, really lighting it up this year for UTRGV. This was a team picked to finish, I believe, last in the conference, and they are playing really well right now. In fact, they also have the Freshman of the Week. Adante Holloman. Uh, of course, he's a freshman. He logged six points and six assists per game for UT Rio Grande Valley over last week's play, which helped prevail them and, of course, push them forward into the standings. Yeah, UTRGV currently eight and four on a three-game win streak. They they are playing really well right now. Uh, they uh, defeated Houston Christian and Southwestern Christian last week, and they are off until we start conference play on Thursday, December 29th, when they will be traveling to Utah Tech and the Trailblazers. Another team uh, off to a, a, maybe a better start than people expected, 7-5 and five overall, and they've won four in a row. Now moving on to women's basketball, UTRGV. Uh, they were our Instagram takeover, so if you had a chance to see that, you get some behind-the-scenes of their trip to South Padre Island, which isn't too far away. We had a chance to go to Edinburgh a few weeks ago for the volleyball tournament, and you fly into Harlingen. And if you're going to South Padre Island, that's where you fly to. And then I believe South Padre, I don't know, have you, you ever been there? Never been. I think it's about an hour from Harlingen. Okay. Um, supposed to be, you know, that's that's the big spring break uh, stop. Uh, you know, when I was, like, in uh, college, that's where everybody went was South Padre Island. I tell people all the time I was never in college able to have a spring break. You know, working with the basketball team. Hey, I'm not saying I did. I just said <laughs> people I knew had it. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, and maybe we might get a day off once we go to swimming. We might make our way down. Well, you know, the problem with that is there's a lot of swimming going on. Between. <laughs> <laughs> so it might have to be the day before or the day after. But maybe we drop Dave off at the airport and, you know, head over to South Padre. Sound like a plan to me. <laughs> of course, that time of year, I'm here, you know, everybody's talking about the uh, the weather here. And that it's going to be super cold coming up like Thursday, Friday. And it's this cold front that's like hitting like the entire Midwest, like Colorado's below zero. And Tony Jones, who we work with, he was talking about he's going to be flying through a blizzard in Chicago. So all kinds of bad weather happening this week. Now, the good news for me is that next week it's supposed to be better. 
and I got a big event coming up as uh, the uh, wedding will be happening uh, coming up next week. I I don't know if anybody else knows it, but he's pretty excited about this wedding. <laughs> he brings it up to us all the time. I know him and Wendy are going to enjoy each other, and they're going to tie that knot. And yeah. They're, they're excited. Yes, yeah, so to Florida. So we're going to Florida, going to have it on the beach, and that'll be, uh, yeah. Yeah, we, we've been looking forward to it for two years, got engaged two years ago. So are you going to have your feet in the sand, or are you going to have shoes on? on uh, well, I'm going to have feet, and then, yeah, there is a plan for a pedicure this week. Ooh. First time ever, which uh, you, among others, uh, Ish, uh, Commissioner Thornton, uh, all, all kinds of people were – I had no idea that uh, pedicures were a thing. Yeah, I, I brought it up to you and, of course, Patrick, and we <laughs> talked about it with Drew, but – that was Patrick, a, a pedicure guy? He was not. He's, he's not. never had it. Yeah, see, so and I haven't either. He's, we're trying to make him put it Drew, on the color Drew? coordinator calendar. <laughs> that way we can all go as a group. <laughs> you can have group and the color coordinated calendar. Now, is is Drew a uh, a pedicure guy? I I don't recall. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I think he had it once. Because Ish, Ish is, yeah. I mean, he, he does it like once a month. He's, I try to go bi-weekly if uh, I can. Myself. And then uh, – Marlon, uh, yes. he said he's he's yes. a pedicure guy. Also, Marlon, I found out that he's he's a shoe fiend like I am. He's a yes, he is. He's a yeah. shoe head. Yeah. So sneaker head. Excuse me. I'm sorry, <laughs> but yeah. So so we've had all these folks on, on the uh, podcast at one time or another, but uh, yeah, some some behind the scenes here uh, as as we head into the holiday break. Uh, back to women's basketball <laughs> as we took the detour from South Padre Island. <laughs> UTRGV had a big win there. Uh, defeating Boise State, which, uh, you know, out of the Mountain West, UTRGV, a team with a lot of new players, they weren't picked uh, real high in the preseason coaches' poll. So a good win for Lane Lord, and, and I know an exciting event for them to uh, to be able to play in that uh, South Padre Island tournament. Yeah, I'm sure they – I don't know if you enjoy the game or South Padre more as a team, <laughs> but I'm sure they had a good time, and, of course, they, they performed well, and it's going to be good for them come postseason play. Women's Basketball Players of the Week, uh, California Baptist. Her uh, Chloe Webb is the Ticket Smarter WAC Women's Player of the Week. She is a guard, but averaged or had a twenty point eighteen rebound performance. See, see the term guard because I watched some of that game because I was clipping the highlights. Um, I, she didn't seem like a guard to me. She was playing playing under the basket quite a bit. But. Well, you know, they they probably went a little small ball. <laughs> I, I think they did, and she has been outstanding this year. She's a transfer from UC Irvine, so they were playing against uh, Cal State Fullerton, so a team I'm sure she knows really well, and uh, she uh, has that uh, very impressive double-double. And then our freshman of the week is somebody we've uh, talked about several times on the show already this year. Yeah, Jordan Harrison, she's really – helping Stephen F. Austin make it through this season. She's on her third week in a row being freshman of the week, and I want to say back-to-back weeks. Well, with her just having one game this week, but last week she averaged 15 points a game, and this week she had 15 points in the game. So she's doing good for her team. Yeah, it is the third week in a row. Jordan Harrison named the Ticket Smarter Freshman of the Week, and Stephen F. Austin, when you look at our resume seating system, on top of those standings, uh, no surprise there. Of course, this is a team that, that's done really well. But having that freshman be able to come in and play a lot of minutes and start right away, that's been a real boost for Mark Kellogg and his team. Yeah, you got the freshman playing well. And then, of course, they had the preseason player of the year in Ayana Johnson. So I'm sure that team is gelling together and getting ready for 
a long conference stretch. Number two team right now, Utah Tech, and maybe that's a bit of a surprise this uh, at this point in the season, but they have been playing really well. We saw them win at Air Force a week or two ago, and uh, they, they seem to be very formidable heading into the break. Number three is UT Arlington, and they are an NCAA tournament team from last year, and they got a big game uh, coming up tomorrow. Yeah, I, I hadn't told told you yet, but I'm I'm sneaking out of the office tomorrow about two thirty, two forty five. I'm going to catch State UTA versus Arizona State. I'm pretty sure that's going to be a nice one. They should have a nice crowd inside of the. Yeah, I haven't said it ju- just quite yet, but I'm sneaking out of the office about two thirty to make it over to the College Park Center to watch the UTA versus Arizona State matchup. I'm sure it's going to be great. It's going to be a nice atmosphere. They always put on a great event in that at UTA, pretty much with all their athletics. So, yeah, it's going to be a great event tomorrow. Well, you might be in trouble if you're looking for Arizona State because they're playing Arizona tomorrow. So, Oh. You know, the the Wildcats, I mean, if you were in Arizona, they wouldn't be happy that messed that up. But That's we're going right. to let it slide. We're in Texas. Arizona just, uh, what is it, two years ago, they were in the national championship game. So right. this is a program uh, very formidable. Uh, Joan Bonvicini, who's going to be one of our analysts, in WAG Vegas, a former Arizona coach, actually in their Hall of Fame uh, there as well. And I know she's still uh, – I follow her on, on her social media, and she's always keeping up with uh, what they have going on with the Wildcats there. Also uh, happening, we, we have a new uh, athletic director at Southern Utah. Doug Newth comes to Cedar City, and he, he was formerly at uh, Nevada. So congratulations to the – Thunderbirds on getting a new AD and, and a guy with a lot of experience. Congratulations to the Thunderbirds. Um, I'm sure he's going to bring great leadership to their athletic department and keep furthering their athletics and education going forward. The MLS Super Draft is happening tomorrow, Wednesday, as we're recording this on Tuesday. And as usual, a couple of uh, WAC players kind of on the radar. Demetrius, I know your first year in the WAC, but uh, Generally speaking, in the MLS, we, we might have three, four, five, even six uh, draft picks in previous years. And uh, this year, looking at the MLS website, two guys listed on there as, as uh, top five or six in their position. Sean Joash, no surprise there. He's, he was our Offensive Player of the Year from Grand Canyon and our Defensive Player of the Year, London Agidu from Air Force. Both those guys uh, could hear their names called tomorrow. Yeah, they show they show well in the conference tournament and of course throughout their entire season. So uh, um, I'm pretty sure that they'll hear their name called coming here shortly. And we've had guys, you know, that you don't expect sometimes you don't see their names on the list get taken in the first or second rounds. It's only a three round draft this year. Also a little bit earlier than normal. I think they're trying to capitalize on that uh, World Cup, that uh, fantastic finish that they had uh, this weekend. So kind of uh, while people are still thinking soccer, have their draft. And then they get started uh, right after the first of the year with their training camps and everything. But, uh, yeah, Joe Ash would not be surprised to see him go potentially in the first round. Agadu with uh, the Air Force Academy with their commitments, sometimes that, that's uh, that's a little more difficult to kind of navigate because he obviously is – first, he's, he's going to be an officer in the Air Force. Second, he, w- he would be a player in the MLS. We, we've seen them – work with other Air Force players in the past. Uh, Tucker Bone comes to mind. He was uh, stationed in Reno. And the last thing we need to talk about here, Demetrius, the WAC Vegas Cookie Contest 
Hadn't seen any entries from you yet, but people still have time until Thursday. You want to uh, enter your, your holiday cookie, and then we're going to judge it. And we, by, by What I mean by we is group is going to judge the best cookie, and you can win tickets. And it's all session. It's it's pretty good prize to WAG Vegas uh, at the Orleans. So you, you get uh, you get to see quite a few games there. Yeah, I was actually browsing through Amazon earlier trying to find me the perfect cookie cutter. Yeah, that I want to use for my decorations. And are I, these gluten free cookies? I I will make you two, <laughs> just for you. But the rest of the batch will be for the rest of us. <laughs> so this will this will kick off our our Whack Vegas cookie contest, and then of course the Road to Whack Vegas show will be on ESPN Plus uh, starting on Thursday, January fifth, starring Kendra Sheehan, assuming she is uh, back up and uh, ready to go because she's suffering from a little bit of an illness after. Going on vacation. Well, you know. In between her vacation. Let's say, you know, had the vacation last week, get sick, and then vacation next week. You know, you always have plans to do certain things, but plans never go the way hey, you, you gotta want be, to. You got to be careful when you're on vacation. You got to. Speaking of vacations, we're going to talk to Matt Boyd coming up next on the WAC Podcast. We would like to thank our partners, Hercules Tires, Ticket Smarter, and Adidas. Now, back to the WAC Podcast. Welcome back to the WAC Podcast. Eric Danner with you. Uh, Demetrius House had some other things to do. So coming in to the studio now is Matt Boyd, our Senior Director of Compliance. Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Demetrius had to get back to work, it looks like. So <laughs> got some stuff going on in the office. So, so Matt, uh, we'd like to have everybody on at some point uh once they start with the whack you, you've been here since july so um let's start with your first your, your journey kind of the whack i guess most recently you're at northern colorado uh our office of, of course was in denver but you knew before you took the job that we're moving darlington texas so what uh what attracted you to working for for a conference office yeah so i was i was in northern colorado um the, the whack position came open I, I knew it was in Denver and it was looking to relocate. Um, Texas has always been somewhere I wanted to live. So that was a, a perfect marriage there of, Hey, I get to go work at the conference office and move. This will be fun. Um, no, for me, uh, it, you know, working in college athletics for the, the last, you know, eight to 10 years, I guess, somewhere in there, um, been in institutions at the division two, II, division one, FBS, FCS level, um, really kind of hit every, every benchmark you can on that spectrum but you know working at the conference office and helping the other schools just seemed like the natural progression for me um you know i've had great great time working with student athletes and and doing that so i just wanted to stretch that a little bit further and work for more schools from from one office rather than just the institution i was at so kind of that natural progression of you know keep expanding the network of, of people that I can help in this world of compliance and all of the fun changes that are happening in the NCAA. Yeah, a lot of changes happening there. And if people aren't familiar with what a person in your position does in terms of compliance, there's a lot of different things. I always tell people that, especially in uh, in college athletics in particular. And of course, with with rules, you need somebody that knows what the rules are and uh, what 
I guess you get a lot of questions. My office is, is near yours. You're on the phone all day answering questions. Yeah, so it's, you know, I started off my career in compliance telling, you know, everybody wants to call you the fun police because you're, you're telling everybody what they can't do. Um, and really, compliance has evolved over these last couple of years into to being able to understand what the rule is and how far coaches can get away with pushing that rule. Right. So, you know, it's a lot of it is interpretation and it's a, a lot of, you know, digesting what what the rule is, what the intent was. Um, and then how do you use it to stay within a fair balance, but also make sure that we're providing the best experience for the student athletes. So yeah, it is a lot of, of, uh, I don't want to say legalese, but it, it seems like a lot of interpretation and a lot of digging into what rules were supposed to be and, and how they're written and trying to prevent as many loopholes as we can. But at the same time, uh, you know, helping our, our athletes and our institutions maximize what they're, what they're able to do. Um, within the rule so it is it's it's fun it's it's never the same thing <laughs> twice um so that's been been great along this journey of of how everything's evolving with the ncaa and then you know the changes that are coming out with name image likeness and and sports gambling legalized in different states and, and how we're evolving the organization to provide a better experience for our athletes has been challenging and exciting at the same time yeah name image likeness nil probably the biggest change in the ncaa i don't know 50 years something like that but i would say since helmets (laughs) it's it's the biggest change since we've had the modern helmet i mean it's it's that big of a just holistic change now now are you still learning exactly i mean it's evolving pretty much it seems like week by week yeah so i think a lot of it is um you know, I was at Stanford when it came out, um, so I had to learn the California law. And then I moved to northern Colorado, and I had to learn the Colorado law. And, and now that I'm, I'm here at the conference office and we have, uh, what is well, it, the, five or six different states yeah. that we represent. So it's it's trying to manage all of the different state laws, given that there isn't one overarching federal mandate. Or, or the NCAA has really left it up to the individual states in most cases of – there's some things we can't do. Um, you know, we can't pay the player directly. We can't negotiate on their behalf. But beyond from, that, from the school, from the yeah. school, yeah. yeah, from the school's perspective, you can't buy the recruit. Right. Um, but the boosters and all the donor organizations that are out there right now are, are putting together these packages, and it's permissible as long as it's legal within their state. So it's it's a lot of different states with different laws and. Um, it's probably the only time I get to say laws in the compliance world because that gets mixed up a lot. You know, right. NCAA rules are not are not laws, but with NIL, we are dealing with state law. And so, you know, violating a state law is way more punishable than violating an NCAA rule. So, um, yeah, it is. It's changing every day. And, and there's a lot of state legislators that are pushing for a, a federal oversight, which would be fantastic from the perspective of one universal rule. Um to kind of bring everybody under the same umbrella. I'm sure the states that have lesser restrictions don't like that idea. Um, but I think having just kind of that overarching baseline, it's going to become necessary, especially in this transfer world where if I'm in Florida, <laughs> yeah. I'm loving NIL. If I'm or in, Texas, if right? If I'm in yeah. Texas, I'm loving it. But if I'm in New Jersey, if I'm in Michigan, right, not as good. And we're seeing, and I, 
you know, this had been talked about, you know, forever and paying players and which is, as you mentioned, it's not paying players, but at the same time, we, um, you know, thought it was just going to be okay. It's just going to be big time football, big time men's basketball. That's the only worlds it's going to affect. And that has not been the case. That has not been the case at all. I think actually the, uh, the last numbers I had seen and, and really dove into and, I could be misquoting it, but I thought the the top three gross earning athletes were females. Mm-hmm. Um, gymnastics, I think, LSU. And, and gymnastics yep. at LSU, and then the twins, the they, basketball that players. Fresno, at, and then they transferred Miami, to Miami, yep. yeah. So those are the three that I've seen. Now, obviously, there's there's football yeah, there's, there's that people are that are doing all right. Massive contracts. Um, you know, the, Bryce Young, the kid, the kid that just yeah. got the Porsche. You know, there's there's yeah. stories that are popping up all the time on those, and I think those are are flashy and everybody sees them in the news. But realistically, I think the the female athletes are, are utilizing this to an extreme level that we didn't really anticipate um, from a general public, you know, population of, you know, this is going to be football, basketball run, and, and now we're seeing women's soccer athletes that are yeah. are taking full advantage of their social media platforms and, and monetizing in a way that I don't, I don't <laughs> think a lot of people saw coming when this rolled out. Yeah, that, that's another thing that's – exploded the last 10 years of social media and now TikTok and of course that's a, a you know targeted at you know college you know age people and you know why, why not capitalize I guess uh, on those if you have that platform absolutely I mean it's it, and, and we're even from the conference level trying to maximize our our, our viewership on that right I right mean, we're on the podcast right now. We're trying we to use our social media to, to reach the people as much as possible. So why why not let the uh, athletes have an opportunity to to earn some some money from their from their profiles? Uh, what what other kind of uh, big big picture items do you have on your plate right now? Um, for me right now, it's you know I'm I'm really. I'm waiting for that new NCAA football game to drop in 23. That's I, I, I was I was a proponent for NIL because I knew that was coming. You That's know, coming it, back. It's coming back if we can if we can figure out how to get around the legality of it. Let's go. Um, no, I mean yeah, I just I just moved the family to Arlington this yeah. last week. Um, so I know you were talking about vacation. <laughs> I just took mine, um, and it was a move. Yeah, that's not not the it's not most a, not a fun great vacation. vacation. But uh, yeah, the, the family's all here in, in Arlington, so we are officially Texans now, and good to good to be back all under the same roof, especially as we come into the holiday season. Yeah, I think that's been the challenge this year is, uh, you know, getting for those of us who who did move conference offices, and, and I think even the, the people who have been hired on, like yourself, in the last six months to a year, you know, just uh, kind of getting. Everybody in, under the same roof, which has been great, as opposed to Zoom and and those kind of things. But uh, as far as um, going back to how you got in the position that you're in, you're from Kansas City, right? The Kansas City area, UMKC, a former WAC school. So I don't know if they were in the WAC when you were there. They were not. Um, so I was uh, born and raised in, in Kansas City, Missouri, on on the Missouri side of state line. Um, my dad worked at UMKC, um, you know, came from a really athletic family. Mom and dad both played high school basketball. Brothers played basketball in college, um, at Lindenwood, another division one transfer transitioning school. Yeah. So, you know, it's, um, grew up in athletics, um, uh, played basketball, swam, played water polo, which was kind of weird being from the Midwest. Not a lot of water polo no. happening out <laughs> there. Um, 
But uh, yeah, I was looking at at going to the Air Force Academy actually out of high school and and had a, a shoulder injury that prevented that from happening. So just wound up on. What, were you going to play water polo at the Air Force Academy? Yeah, because um, there's not a whole lot of schools that have. That's that's the other polo. side of it, right? I, I didn't want to go all the way to the West Coast. C- CBU does, right? Yeah, I, I wasn't looking forward to the cross country <laughs> for college thing. So Air Force was was a good kind of alternative. Um, you know, coming from a, a military background family as well. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad served 32 years in, in the Army, so Air Force was a good fit for that perspective. But, uh, yeah, the shoulder shoulder didn't hold out on me, and it let go, and, you know, the injury kind of put that all on the back burner. So I ended up at UMKC while they were in the Summit League. Um, I graduated the year before they made the, the move to the WAC, um, and I can tell you a lot of my uh, fellow students did not understand the move <laughs> at all. Well, then, of course, they wound up going back to the the summit after that. And I, I think the WAC's in a good spot. And hopefully UMKC's in a, in a decent spot there as well. But uh, I do miss the occasional trips to Kansas City, although I, I have decided the Texas barbecue superior to the Kansas City barbecue. Those are fighting words right there. <laughs> I I, uh, I will give Texas Barbecue their due credit. I, I love a good brisket, but the the Kansas City barbecue sauce, it's, that's where it's at. You, it's can't, pretty good. you can't get away from the sauce. Well, hey, Matt, I want to thank you for taking some time out here as, as we head into the holiday break. Hopefully you get a, a couple of days off where you don't have to move or work maybe in the next week or so. Yeah, um, you know, I think I'm going to take a couple of days for for the the Christmas time and and spend it with the family. You know, got got the girls all here now, so we'll uh, get to hang out with the kids for a little bit. That's well, always fun for Christmas time. Yeah. See see the Christmas joy in their face, so maybe I'll smile a little bit more. <laughs> all right, that is Matt Boyd, our senior director of compliance in the Western Athletic Conference. Thanks everybody for listening to the WAC podcast. Thanks for listening to the WAC Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And check out our website at WACSports.com.